With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in, everybody. Another edition, week nine edition, college football betting. I'm your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is ready for what should be a fun week nine slate in college football. Uh, Just a lot of really interesting games. We got Tennessee, Kentucky. We got Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. A lot of really, really, really good stuff to discuss this week. Uh, I just think it's going to be a fun slate and we are getting close. Next week, we will get the college football, the first reveal of the college football playoff top 25. So college football is coming down the home stretch. I think we are in for a very exciting final few weeks of the college football regular season. And guess what? We're going to take you all the way through the conference championship games. We're going to do a bowl preview. We're going to do a college football playoff preview on and on and on and on and on. This show ain't going anywhere. So really excited to keep the party going with you guys and girls. Before we get started, should mention... As always, college football betting is presented by Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred app. Listen, I've told you about Betfred so many different times. Started in 1967 uh, in the UK. They have established themselves as the premier sportsbook overseas in the UK. They have come to the United States and made a major splash here in the U.S. They are the presenting sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. Ohio legal sports betting January 1 2023 we are going to have some fun announcements there the presenting gambling sponsor of the Denver Broncos the Colorado Rockies and of course all things Aaron Torres media here is what I love about Betfred listen they take care of their customers in a way that no other sports book does by the way Betfred is with Mattress Mac at the World Series embedded with Mattress Mac this week so that's how you know this company is on the rise when you're kicking it with Mattress Mac You know you're having a good time. Anyway, why I bring it up, they do more for their customers than anybody, and they are doing two things for Aaron Torres and the Aaron Torres media, everything that we do. One, bet 50 on any game this weekend. Get 250 in free bets if you're a first-time user. So if you're in uh, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, wherever, Iowa, go ahead, Betfred Sportsbook, Betfred Sportsbook app, bet 50, get 250 on any game. And I will tell you this, we will have the Betfred Boost once again. Hate to brag, if you have followed the Betfred Boost, you've made yourself some cash. Our best bet last week was LSU minus two and a half. Think that covered with ease. Our best bet the week before, Tennessee plus seven, covered with ease. I bring it up two weeks in a row. We've made you cash thanks to Betfred. 
and we're going to keep doing it this week. With that said, let's get to the week nine slate in college football. I know I say it every week. Where'd the season go? It's October 27th, and as I'm recording here, it's almost November. College football regular season is almost done. But we have a lot of really interesting games on the schedule. And the one thing I will say, like, like I do think this show, I think it's less about telling you about kind of teams and more about matchups, right? Because this time of year, you know who Georgia is. You know who Tennessee is. You know the deficiencies of a Florida, a Michigan State, a Michigan. And so we don't need to get into the deep dive on everybody and every little thing. But I do want to start with, I think it's the most interesting game on the schedule, Ohio State undefeated of course they appear to be on a collision course with the Michigan Wolverines they are headed to Penn State spread it opened at 15 in the Betfred Sportsbook on Sunday has been bet up to 15 and a half Ohio State is favored there the over under in that one is 61 and what I would say when I look at this game is this is that if you think this is just going to be another Ohio State march up and down the field, up and down the field, nonstop scoring, can't stop the Ohio State Buckeyes, I don't know that this is this game. Now, I know everybody's last impression of Penn State was just getting steamrolled by Michigan, but a couple things here. One, you know, nice bounce back win last week against Minnesota. Um, that's part of it. Two, I think it's worth noting, like, like, like Iowa gave Ohio State relative fits for about a half and then unfortunately uh Ohio State or, or excuse me Iowa couldn't move the ball the defense got worn out but what I would also say is that while I think that the Penn State defense did not look impressive against Michigan which is obviously a run-based offense I do think this is probably the best pass defense that Ohio State is going to see at least until Michigan maybe until the college football playoff okay so the stats don't totally back it up with Penn State, but first of all, big, physical, tough defensive backs. You got Jalen Reed at safety. You got Jair Brown at safety. You got Joey Porter at cornerback. And like I said, if you just look at past defense, it doesn't tell the whole story with Penn State. But instead, what I do think tells the story is some of the advanced analytics, okay? So like opponent completion percentage. Penn State is actually number three in the country and number one in the Big Ten. They're allowing opponents to complete just 50% of their passes. They have so they're one of the teams that has given up the fewest big plays of 20, 30 plus yards in the country. They are also top 15 nationally in yards per completion. That is important as we look at this Ohio State game. If you think this is just CJ Stroud chucking it up to Marvin Harrison Jr and Emeka Abuka and JSN, if he ends up, you know, he's supposedly playing, who knows, it's that poor hamstring, the poor kid can't get healthy. But if you think this is going to be that game where it's just C.J. Stroud throwing it 50 times for 550 yards and Ohio State wins 63-10, to 10, that's just not the game that I see. I do think it's going to be on Ryan Day to find balance in the play calling. Ryan Day sometimes likes to show off the whole playbook and likes to show off kind of that passing attack in big games, I think you do have to lean on Travion Henderson. I think you do have to lean on Mayan Williams. And I think you have to find some balance because as we learned in the Michigan game, you can run the ball on Penn State. I do think throwing the ball is a little bit harder. Now, from the Penn State perspective, this is where I would get a little bit worried. Penn State, we've seen the good and the bad, the good being at Auburn. And I know Auburn's not very good. We get all that. But they were at their best against Auburn and their worst against Michigan. And why was that? Well, against Auburn, they were able to run the ball in any which way 
that they pleased. They finished that game uh, nine yards per carry just about in that game. That was really Nicholas Singleton's breakout game, the five-star running back uh, freshman at Penn State. And what's interesting to me is that we also saw against Michigan that if you can limit the run game from Penn State and you put the game and the ball in Sean Clifford's hands to make plays, it's not always going to work out very well. And so when I look at this game, I think it's interesting how the Penn State defense relatively matches up pretty good with the Ohio State offense. I also think this Ohio State defense matches up really well with the Penn State offense, which again, when you put the ball in Sean Clifford's hands and make him make plays, it generally doesn't work out well. Do you realize that Ohio State right now, and I get it, most of the Big Ten is not very good this year outside of Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Penn State, maybe Illinois. At the same time, Ohio State is number two in the country in total defense. They're ahead of Georgia. They're ahead of Michigan. They're ahead of Iowa. They're ahead of all these teams that we think of as great defensive teams, Alabama, Kentucky, uh, on and on and on, Clemson. Ohio State's ahead of all of them, number two in the country in total defense, more specifically as it pertains to this game the number eight rush defense in all of college football as well. And so again, if you can take away the run against Penn State, it puts them in a position where Sean Clifford has to make plays, and I don't think it's going to end up well. And so when I look at this game, listen, I do believe Ohio State's going to win. I think the number feels about right. The thing that I think I like more than anybody else, and I'm not telling you how to bet, but this is my bet, Fred, bet. Not my best bet, not my boost, but my bet. Um, I do like the under of 61. I think Ohio State gets challenged in a way that they haven't before. Now, challenge for Ohio State, we saw last week they still put up 54 against Iowa. I don't think they're getting 54 this week, but I think this one's 31 to 10, 31 to 17, and there's a big difference there. 31 to 10, Ohio State covers. 31 to 17, Penn State covers. Rather than taking either side, the under is probably my favorite play. I know it's not sexy. It's the game of the week. Joel Clad and Gus and Jenny are going to be in State College. I get all that. To me, though, that is the best angle. I do like the under of 61 in the Betfred Sportsbook more than I really like either side. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's keep it going. And who in the preseason had Kentucky spending late October and early November as a potential college football playoff spoiler. We thought that might happen for Georgia, 
But how about the Tennessee Vols coming in at 8-0 into this one? Uh, they are at home, 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff on ESPN. It's going to be a, a blackout game, I guess is what we're calling it. Obviously, with the black and orange uniforms for Tennessee, uh, the blackout makes it easier. But Tennessee is a 12-point favorite, 12.5-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. And what is interesting to me is really the movement on this line. A few other books, when Kentucky went into the bye a few weeks ago, opened this as a 14-point spread. It was 12 on Sunday in the Betfred Sportsbook when they released their Week 9 lines. And it's now up to 12.5, which means that money is coming in on Tennessee. But when I look at this matchup, I, I, this is one... I respect Kentucky. I respect the, the program that Mark Stoops has built. I don't think this is a runaway on either side. From the Tennessee perspective, I know I just told you, but I want to reiterate, we're not going to spend a ton of time. Like even If you don't know about Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman not being available, but he might. Yeah. If you don't know about this Tennessee offense with probably the national coach of the year, Josh Heupel, and probably the, the Heisman Trophy favorite at this point, there's nothing else for me to really tell you. But... What stands out to me about Tennessee is two things that I don't think people really talk about enough when it comes to this team. The first one, the defense is actually really good. Not, It's not great, but it, 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 listen, people have been comparing this Tennessee team to the 09, uh, 2019 LSU team from a few years ago. That LSU team wasn't elite on defense, but they were good enough. And that to me is important here because I think Tennessee is kind of the same thing. They're okay against the pass. They're elite against the run. But I think even the pass defense is a little deceptive. Bryce Young made some superhuman plays in that Alabama game. Anthony Richardson, I don't know what happened, but we have not seen that Anthony Richardson before or since. And so to me, it's an outlier. And Tennessee really has done a pretty good job of shoring up this defense where, again, they're not going to finish top five in the country because here's why they're not going to finish top five in the country. It's not because they're good or not good. It's because they're on the field so many plays because their offense scores so quickly. I do think the defense is better than they get credit for. Also, and this is important, what I love is that sometimes in sports, teams like to do the, yeah, one game at a time, no, we're not looking ahead thing. Tennessee actually does that, okay? Tennessee actually does that. Think about the fact that they had to play LSU the week before they had to play Alabama. Beat LSU, which led into the Alabama game. And it would have been easy to look past LSU to Alabama. It would have been easy to look past Akron to the Florida game that felt big at the time. They beat Akron 63-6. to six. And it would have been easy last week, and I thought this was going to happen, to look past UT Martin to this Kentucky game. I thought to myself, eh, I could see the scenario. I, Tennessee, I, didn't, I never thought Tennessee was going to lose. But I could have seen the scenario where it's 21-10 going into half. 28-17 in the third quarter, then Tennessee pulls away. I know. They put up 55 points in the first half, and they cruised to a 65-24 to victory over UT Martin. They handled that like a seasoned Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State that goes into big games, doesn't look ahead, takes it one week at a time. I just love the maturity of this ball club. And obviously, it goes without saying, again, we understand how awesome this offense is, the potential of this offense. But what I would also say, and I think this is important, this is probably the best defense that they've played outside of Alabama this year. Now, that my concern is we saw what they did to Alabama, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself and saying, Kentucky's going to slow them down. Kentucky's going to stop them. 
But Kentucky and Alabama metrically rank out pretty even. Kentucky, a top 15 run uh, 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 to, uh, defense in college football. And more specifically, and I do think this is important, the Kentucky pass defense. We all know that Mark Stoops is a former defensive backs coach. The pass defense is really good as well, top 15 in the country as well. Of course, what's worth noting here, Nick Saban, also a former defensive backs coach, didn't really help Alabama. From the Kentucky perspective, I'm curious how that defense matches up, especially with an extra week to prepare. But what I'm really curious about is how the offense looks, because this to me is an important element is I think it's really hard to really judge the Kentucky offense at this point in the season. And let me explain why. If you look at the numbers, you sit there and say, well, the run game stinks. Well, the run game's terrible. Well, the offensive line stinks and the run game stinks and Kentucky is not good um, because that's what the numbers tell you. Just going off the raw numbers, Kentucky has the second worst run offense in the SEC behind only Mississippi State, which doesn't even try to run the ball. They're only Mississippi State's only averaging about 23 yards per uh, 23 rush attempts per game as opposed to Kentucky. Here's why numbers can be deceiving them. Kentucky statistically over the course of the eight games that, or seven games that they've played this year, no, they have not been very good offensively, especially in the run. They also didn't have a guy named Chris Rodriguez for most of the first part of the season, and that's where it gets important to me. That is where it gets important to me because if you look at this offense after Chris Rodriguez has gotten back, well, he's only played in about four games, three games, excuse me, and he's their leading rusher. 197 yards against Mississippi State a few weeks ago. Uh, before that, they played, they played South Carolina. He had 126 yards. This guy is phenomenal. And he brings a new element to this offense. And the offense is obviously a much more complete offense when you have your best running back. Surprise, surprise. I know, total shocker, right? So, I like the run game and its improvement. And the pass game is pretty good. We saw against Ole Miss. We saw against Florida. Will Levis, I'm critical of him. I am a little bit critical of him. But against Ole Miss, he was making some big plays. And I think those true freshmen are really starting to develop. Dane Key, Barry and Brown. Those are young guys that are coming off a bye in their first college football experience. I think Kentucky's going to be able to move the ball on this Tennessee offense better than most people think. Again, the spread is 12. Uh, the over-under in this one is set at 62. I think this is a back-and-forth one. Of course, we remember last year how this game went down. We remember how crazy it was. Tennessee basically scored literally every time they touched the ball in terms of they touch it. Touchdown, Kentucky gets the ball back. Tennessee wins 45-42. I don't know if this game is quite like that. I do think it's high scoring. Even though this Kentucky defense is pretty good, this Tennessee offense is elite. I do think the Kentucky offense is starting to round into form, especially coming off a bye. Let's do one more game. We'll take a quick break, and we'll look at the, the rest of the week nine slate in college football. Let's go to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Okay, this one does not feel as big as normal. Doesn't mean it's not a big one, though. We, of course, have Georgia playing Florida. Great game. Georgia, a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under set at 56-and-a-half. And something struck me as I was getting ready to, to put this show together. This is essentially a game that got Dan Mullen fired last year. Now, he didn't really get fired for another two or three weeks till they lost to South Carolina, until they lost to Missouri late. But this was the game that it was like, you know, Georgia's not even close. Like Georgia or Florida isn't even close. 
Florida isn't even close to the University of Georgia. And this was the game, I, I forget all the details, but there was audio that came out of Kirby Smart saying, I want to physically destroy this team. And so it shows you Florida, and we'll get into more in the Gators in a second, but they're very much a work in progress because I don't think Dan Mullen left the cupboard very full for Billy Napier. I do want to start with Georgia, though, and I do want to say this. You know what's funny about Georgia? Remember that stretch, I don't know, about five weeks ago? They played Kent State, and it's this weird game where Kent State has a few trick plays, and all of a sudden the score is a little bit closer than people think. And then they go to Missouri the following week. Missouri, night game, at home, number one or number two team in the country at the time. Missouri plays the game of their life. Georgia has to rally to win. And after that game, everybody's saying, oh, my goodness, Georgia, they're not as good as we thought. They're not as good as they were last year. Well, first of all, no, they weren't. they're not as good as they were last year. They had 15 NFL draft picks last year, including five first-rounders off their defense. No, they're not as good, but they're still really good. And they've shown it the last couple of weeks. I think that's the funny part to me is we had this notion of like, oh, you know, I don't know if Georgia's really that good. Well, last two weeks, 42 to 10 against Auburn. 55 to nothing against Vandy, 97 to 10. They've outscored their last two opponents. And even if Auburn and Vandy are probably the two worst teams in the SEC, I don't really care. That is very impressive to me. And what's also stood out about Georgia is there was this notion, and I think, again, it's fair. This defense isn't as good as it was last year. Surprise, surprise. That's what happens when you lose five first-round picks plus N'Kobe Dean plus all the guys they have. Well, here's the good news on that. Here's the good news on this defense for Georgia. They were really starting around into form. And after people said, oh, this isn't the same team as they once were, well, guess what? They're now in the top five nationally in run defense, now in the top five nationally in pass defense. They're now in the top five nationally in total defense. And the only thing keeping their scoring defense from being in the top 10 in the country is uh, nothing. They are number two in the country in scoring defense, giving up 9.1 points per game, which is actually fewer than they gave up last year. Now, that was, of course, after playing Bama twice and all that. The point I'm trying to make is the defense is rounding into form, and we've spent so much time, and this is no disrespect to Tennessee or anybody else, we've spent so much time talking Tennessee, Michigan, Ohio State. I think Georgia might be the best team in the country again. So they are the best team. They're rolling. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I don't think anybody really expects Florida to win. I don't even think this is competitive. As a matter of fact, and you might think it's way too many points, this is going to be my bet Fred boost, best bet of the week. Georgia minus 22 and a half. That sounds crazy, but let me explain. Florida, I just told you, there's just not very much talent there. Not Billy Napier's fault. I think he's doing everything that he can. He was very vocal in the spring. The transfer portal, we are open for business. We are available. We are shopping. We are looking. And so I bring it up because that means that there wasn't very much talent on this roster. And I look at this team right now. I'm not quite sure what they do well. The run game, again, and this is the time of year where you have to separate the overall stats from where a team is. We just talked about it with Kentucky's run game, where I think they're a lot better of a running team than they get credit for right now because this isn't the totality of the season. We're just talking about the last three, four weeks. Well, with Florida, if you look at the run game, you'd sit there and say, oh, they run the ball really well. 16th in the country, ahead of Bama, ahead of UCLA, ahead of Ohio State, and they are 
number four in the SEC, or number three in the SEC behind only Ole Miss, Arkansas, and that's it. But when I sit here and I look at Florida, here's what I see. I see a team where their second leading rusher is a guy by the name of Anthony Richardson. And so he's the second leading rusher. And so I don't want to say take out all his stats because he's a big part of their offense. But when he's got 400 yards rushing and you've got 1,400 as a team, if you do take it out, that's 1,000 yards over the course of a seven-game season. That's not going to get the job done, especially against this Georgia defense. Now, defensively for Florida, it's not really all that much better as they are struggling to stop the run, 108th in rush defense, 90th in pass defense. Listen, I'm not trying to give Billy Napier a pass. This is a real process, though. This is a real process, and there are some teams, I think LSU is clearly ahead of schedule. I think Florida, they're not behind schedule. They just don't have the dudes. And so when I look at this game, I think it's a big, dominant Georgia win. I don't know how they move the football, and I don't know how they. I don't know how Florida moves football. I don't know how they stop Georgia if Georgia just wants to run the ball right at them. This is my best Fred bet. My bet Fred best bet boosted to plus one ten odds. I will send out a link on Twitter on Friday. But I think Georgia wins this game, and I think they win it convincingly. All right, so what I'm gonna do? Take a quick break. Come back. We'll hit on the rest of the week nine slate. We'll go up to Syracuse. I still call it the Carrier Dome. You may not, but I call it the Carrier Dome. They are hosting Notre Dame. We will talk about Michigan, Michigan State. We will talk about Ole Miss and a little team we call the Texas A&M Aggies. Take a quick break. We will be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get to the rest of the week nine slate in college football. And let's start with uh, a game that's normally one of the great rivalries in all of college football. Don't know that it's going to live up to the billing this year. Michigan State at Michigan. It is a night game under the lights. Ann Arbor, the big house. 
Michigan, a 23-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, the over-under set at 55. And what's interesting about this game really is that it's not just, I think everybody thinks back to last year, Michigan makes the playoff, but they lose in East Lansing. Mel Tucker really has the boys ready to go in that game. This has really been a one-sided rivalry in favor of Michigan State for really a decade plus now. First off, Mel Tucker, first coach in the history of this rivalry to win the first two as Michigan State's head coach. So he is 2-0 against Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Michigan State overall has won nine of the past 12, which sounds crazy to me. Uh, ten, excuse me, 10 of the last 14. I don't know where I got 12 from. Nine, uh, 10 of the last 14. And Harbaugh actually has a losing record against Michigan State, three and four in his seven years now in year eight against the Spartans. So this is a rivalry that has largely been controlled by Michigan State. I don't think that's going to be the case on Saturday. And, and, and again, Michigan's another one of these teams. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time bringing down who they are, what they do. I give Harbaugh so much credit because he has really just done a great job of keeping things rolling from last year. Run game is elite. Defense is elite. Uh, they're, they're the playmakers are really good. And they, I think they've done an excellent job of not making J.J. McCarthy have to make plays for them. Obviously, that will be the goal of Michigan State, just like it's the goal of everybody who plays Michigan. I just don't know if they're going to have any success doing it. So we know who Michigan is. And I don't think we have any idea who Michigan State is from the perspective that they're three and four, but it's kind of what I just said about Florida a minute ago. I don't know what this team does well. Defensively, this is supposed to be Mel Tucker's calling card, right? Well, they had the worst pass defense in all of college football last year. This year, it ain't that much better. They went from 130th to 110th nationally. Congratulations, 13 out of 14 in the Big Ten. So bad pass defense. Now they have a bad run defense, 80th in the country and run defense, 11th in the Big Ten. They're in the bottom half of college football in tackles for loss, so they're not making explosive plays in the backfield. And then offensively, they're a total mess too. The run game has disappeared post-Kenneth Walker, who has obviously played well for the Seattle Seahawks. And then Peyton Thorne, man, you know, Peyton Thorne, the quarterback has just not been good enough for this team. Now, I don't think he was that great last year, but 65% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions for Peyton Thorne was good a few weeks ago against Wisconsin in a win, but one touchdown, one interception, uh, 113 yards passing against Ohio State the week before is not going to get the job done. Two interceptions against Minnesota, not going to get the job done. And as I look at a matchup with a Michigan pass defense that is ranked in the top five nationally, I don't think it gets any better for Michigan State on Saturday either. So what I will say about this game, I am not going to make an official bet because Michigan State seems to have some juju with Michigan where I could see the scenario where final scores 24 to 10 and Michigan wins, but Michigan State covers. I just have no strong opinion on this game. Michigan is such a superior team. Michigan does nothing. Michigan State does nothing really well. I would lean Michigan minus 23, but in a rivalry game, probably just to stay away to me. Let's go back to the SEC because um, I want to talk about a game that certainly has the nation's attention, and that is Ole Miss against Texas A&M. Texas A&M opened as a slight favorite in this one. Ole Miss got all the money ever since then. They actually got to about a three-and-a-half-point favorite at one point. They are now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under in this one is 55. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, what a fascinating game. We'll get to A&M in a minute, but from the Ole Miss perspective, listen, they're obviously coming off their first loss of the year, and I don't think there's any real secret 
to what went wrong. They played really well early when uh, we all know how football works. Most of the first series or two is scripted, especially by a great play caller like Lane Kiffin. And then once LSU kind of slowed them down for once, they slowed them down for good. They went on a 45 to three run LSU did to end the game to win 45 to 20 after getting up 17, nothing Ole Miss did. Biggest thing in that game was Ole Miss, which again has an elite run offense, or at least they did until this past weekend. They couldn't move the ball, and they were really largely dominated on both sides of the football. LSU, 600, uh, 600, 262 yards rushing. That's compared to an Ole Miss team that had 117 yards rushing and an Ole Miss team that even after only rushing for 117 yards is still averaging 250 per game this year. So it shows you how much LSU slowed them down and frankly how much LSU is improving as they get set to host Alabama next week. On the flip side, of course, it's Texas A&M. Three and four, three players suspended this week. Jimbo Fisher, people are losing their patience. But when I look at A&M, let me do something and let me, I don't want to say defend them because people think I defend A&M too much. But let's have a big boy conversation about A&M, okay? It's not pretty. Three and four. Easily, by the way, could be two and five because they probably should have lost to Arkansas but they did beat Arkansas. And first off, this is their first game back in Kyle field in five weeks. So they played Arkansas on a neutral field. Then they played at Mississippi state. Then they played at Alabama. Then they had a buy. Then they played at South Carolina. So first time since late September, the entire month of October, almost they have not been in Kyle field. So I think that's a factor coming into this one, but here's the other thing as disappointing as things are for AM, and there's no excuses. Remember, keep in mind, a play away from beating Alabama. And I would argue a play away from beating South Carolina. They give up the opening kick for a touchdown down seven, nothing five seconds in. If they just make an open field tackle in that situation, they win the game 24 to 23. So that's not an excuse. That's not saying what is going on is okay. It's not saying that Jimbo Fisher is earning that $9 million check every single year. But when I do look at this team, I do see a team as bad as it is three and four. They were really close in back-to-back road games. They return home now. Now the run defense isn't great against an Ole Miss run offense, which is really, really, really good. I would still lean Ole Miss. I'm not going to be betting it. I have no official Betfred Sportsbook pick, but I would lean Ole Miss, but I can see the scenario where A&M wins this one. Uh, And if they don't, It's going to be, once again, a fascinating conversation about the Aggies going forward. Uh, Let's keep it going. Stay in the SEC really quick. You know, I'll try to be quick on some of these last ones. Uh, Arkansas, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn. What's interesting to me about this one, as Arkansas, it's an an 11 local time kickoff. Both teams are off a bye. The over-under, by the way, is 62. What's interesting to me about this one is, I just said, like, A&M really isn't that far away from being, like, pretty competitive. Like, I'm not saying they're there. I'm not saying they're the, the, the record is what you, your record is what it, it, it says you are right. But I don't think AM is that far away. Is that far off? I bring it up because I do think Auburn is pretty far away and pretty far off. You look at Auburn and what they've done over the last couple of weeks, as they are a three and a half point home underdog against Arkansas. Last few weeks, lose to LSU, 
get destroyed by Georgia, get destroyed by by Ole Miss, in which Ole Miss has 446 yards rushing in that game. And this one's simple to me. Ole Miss is the number one rush offense in college in the SEC. You know who's number two? The team Auburn is playing this weekend, Arkansas at home. Now, Arkansas's pass defense isn't good. The Auburn pass offense looked a little bit better with Robbie Ashford the other day. But when I look at this game, it's pretty straightforward. I don't need to spend 20 minutes analyzing it. Arkansas runs the crap out of the ball. Auburn cannot stop the run. I just do not see a scenario. I'm not saying I don't see the scenario. I think Arkansas wins this game. I don't think it's very close. Really quickly, let's rip through another a couple other ones. Uh, Notre Dame. At Syracuse, Syracuse actually opened as a slight underdog. They are now a two-point favorite over under 48. And here's the deal with Syracuse. We talked a ton about them on last week's show as they got set for their game against Clemson. Uh, Really good defense, even after losing to Clemson. Uh, I like Garrett Schrader. I like the running back, Sean Tucker. And you think about everything that went into that loss with Clemson last week. Up early, dominating early, in control. Clemson makes the quarterback change. Clemson makes a run. You go away from Sean Tucker, a couple bad referee calls, and you still almost won at Clemson. And so this one isn't that complicated to me. I look at Syracuse. They're back at home. I call it the Carrier Dome. It's the J-something wireless dome now, but we call it the Carrier Dome here on, on the college football betting show and on the Aaron Torres pot. And I look at this game, Notre Dame, their quarterback play just isn't good enough. The run game isn't what it once was. The defense isn't as good as it once was. Notre Dame's another one. They're not quite Michigan State. They're not quite Florida, but I do not know what this team does well. They're going on the road. I think Syracuse has the better quarterback in Garrett Trader versus Drew Pine. They have the better, they have the best skill position guy on the field in Sean Tucker. And they got the better defense. I like Syracuse to win this game pretty convincingly. Syracuse, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. A couple other ones really quick. USC at Arizona. USC, a a fifteen-and-a-half-point favorite. This one will be on the Pac-12 network. So for the seven of you who get it, congratulations. I will not be able to watch this one. Over-under set at 76-and-a-half. This one's pretty straightforward to me. Listen, USC runs the ball really well. Again, I know statistically it doesn't stand out. Caleb Williams and the pass offense stand out more than anything, but they are averaging almost six yards per carry, and they are averaging close to 200 yards rushing per game. They're going up against an Arizona squad, which has a terrible run defense. Arizona currently ranked 121st nationally in run defense, giving up over 200 yards per game. They gave up over 400 yards to Oregon a few weeks ago. How about this? Gave up. I want to make sure I have this stat right. So give me a second to make sure that I get this stat right. But when I look at Arizona and the Wildcats, so they gave up a bunch of rushing yards a few weeks ago to Oregon. They played North Dakota State, which is a very good FCS team, but it is, in fact, an FCS team nonetheless. North Dakota State ran for almost 300 yards against Arizona. And so to me, this one, I think USC controls the line of scrimmage. I think they run the ball right at them. This is a really good win for USC. I'd also add, look at USC's schedule. Rest of the season, three games at home, they play at UCLA also. They don't leave LA the rest of the year. UCLA, or USC is going to get through this one. I think the USC-UCLA game is going to be for a trip to the Pac-12 championship game and for a potential playoff berth. Really quickly, you know, Oklahoma State and uh, Kansas State is a top 25 matchup. I can't bet this. Oklahoma State, four weeks in a row, has been outgained. 
Um, and it's just, you know, if you keep winning like that, good for you. I'm not putting my money down on it, though. Texas Tech, a slight favorite over Baylor. I would lean Texas Tech in that one. Um, but other than that, I think we hit all the big ones. Oregon, by the way, we saw how good they looked against uh, against uh, UCLA last week. They are a 17-point road favorite against Cal. Would lean Oregon in that one. Uh, but I think that's it for the show. I think that is it for the show. All right, I think I am going to get out of here. Uh, I think I've talked plenty on this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. If you're not subscribed to the show, a couple weeks left, do me a favor, make sure you are subscribed. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you've made it this far, if you can leave a rating and review, that would really go a long way. Make sure you're following me on social media at Aaron underscore Torres. Thank you to our sponsors, the Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred app, our Betfred Boost. Georgia minus 22 this week. I think they win like 43 to 10 or something like that. But with that said, that is all for today's show. It is time for me to get out of here. Make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres pod as well. Thank you to Betfred, our presenting sponsor. That is all for this week, the week nine edition of College Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.